Say that again. So if a guy buys you a drink, they get a minute of your time, and then after that, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. We're gonna, and then you just and, and you say that's all the guy wants. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, sir, what do you, hard, hold, on, hold, hold on, 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 the chasm, the depth of disconnected understanding that exists in between our genders is quite astounding when I take the time to think about it. How's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? That was a conversation that uh, a little clip of a conversation that was played illegally right now, to be honest with you. Actually, any of the two or the any of the three people that were in that conversation could probably sue me right now for everything I got, which would just be a one bedroom apartment in Galt. So, you know, try if you want to, bitch. Um what's going on the conversation uh just to add some context because i feel like if you you might not have got the whole context of the conversation and this is what this episode of the podcast is going to be about how's everybody doing first how's everybody feeling what's going on shout out to everybody who's been listening shout out to all you know round of thank you to all the new listeners that i got from tiktok man i appreciate that man you guys are um you guys are actually really making me feel fake way famous right now bro i have to um Bro, I was I literally have been going through a streak where at least three or four times a week I go in the streets and I meet somebody like, hey, bro, I listen to your stuff on TikTok or hey, I listen to your podcast, bro, you do. I'm in that phase right now where girls is hitting me and saying, oh, you podcast now, my DMs and stuff. So if it's it's a very um, still got to work a regular job, though. I still got to work a regular job. You guys will see me in front of the state building with my arm permit, with my pistola. So still got to do it. But, you know. Step by step by step, it is what it is. Bills are paid. I can't complain. Let's have a conversation, though. So, last night, me and a group of friends, we had a very in-depth, very rambunctious, violent to an extent. Pistols and knives were almost drawn. I'm joking. But we had a conversation about just um, dating in general. And then it went into specific corners in terms of unconditional love, in terms of how women and men show their affection for other or rather show their interest for another. And the conversation, the clip of the conversation that I just played you was an in-depth, almost hour and 43 minute section of the conversation. We were trying to explain how when men buy drinks for women at bars, a lot of the time, I'm not going to say all of the time because not all men are the same. Let me just say this there is nothing there is nothing in this world where all of it is the same but i will say when it comes to men 90 percent of the time if a man is trying to buy you a drink at the bar it is because he thinks you're attractive and he is trying to make some kind of connection in a sense now the young lady who i was just uh who i would just play with she was arguing with that no, I really do think she was saying, no, I really do think that when a man buys you a drink at the bar, all he really wants is just to have a conversation with you. And that's just it. Just just a minute of your time. And that's it. And there are some men who are like that. I have met some like what she's saying is true. There are a few men out there. I don't know who the hell they are right now. I don't have none of them right now, but I've met a few Edgars and Davises out there who they simply just want a minute of your time. That is a thing. 
But I will also add that that is very rare. That is very rare. A lot of the time I do feel for, and I think most men will speak to this. A lot of the time a man is buying a woman a drink because he's using that as a way to flirt with her. As he's as a way to get her favor, as a way to get her attention, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, I don't do it. I don't buy women drinks. I've only ever bought a woman a drink one time in my life. In 2014, November, I was still working as a nightclub promoter and a bouncer in Mills Avenue in Arizona, and I was working at School of Rock. And when I was there, damn, man, that was a long time ago. Anyway, there was this young lady I'll never forget. I bought her. She was flirting with me when we was walking up to the clubs. Okay, what's up? She's like, oh, yeah, I think we went in there. I bought her a drink, and she just ran off with my drink. I didn't see her again for like 30 minutes. Then when I ran into her, she just looked at, she just looked at me and laughed in my face and just walked off. Ever since that experience, I never bought a woman a drink at all. Never again, just because I'm always scared of being used when it comes to that. Now, I do, I don't know, bro, but like I said, I, but I understand in the situation if you choose to buy a woman a drink while y'all are talking because I do feel, I remember, this is a true story. Yo, uh, uh, there was a girl I took to the bar one time on a date and she really got mad because I didn't pay for her drinks. But that's because and this and this is another part, too. This is where a lot of the times you have to say, think about your personal bias. I. I don't drink alcohol. I do not drink alcohol. I don't ingest alcohol at all. I don't smoke weed or nothing. So. I was like, she was drinking like a fucking fish. Like she drunk, like shot, 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 beer, shot, shot, shot. And I'm like, bro, I'm just drinking water and Gatorades and rock stars, uh, rock star recoveries. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not drinking like you. Now we went, now when we went for dinner, when we went for dinner at the seafood Mexican food spot, the dinner there was like a hundred dollars. I paid for it because I feel like that's different to me. I don't know, bro. It's just, I don't mind paying for dinner. Like it was me and a girl had this little debate two weeks ago. She was like, uh. She was like, uh, you won't buy me a drink? I was like, no, I'm not buying you a drink. Just like, and I, and I told her, what I said sounded so fucking corny. I, I told her, I was, I was like, you know, there's a hot dog stand right there. If you're hungry, I'll buy you hot dogs. That's different. I don't mind buying you food or going for dinner or nothing like that. But alcohol, I just, I've always felt uncomfortable buying women alcohol. I just always, that just always feels weird to me, bro. Even if the girl likes me and I know she's trying to fuck with me, I don't want to end up being that. It just feels weird to bro to be that. I don't want to be that guy who's just trying to get a girl drunk as fucking drunk to fucking take her home and fuck her out. Like I had a, there was a guy I used to know he used to do that. Like as soon as the girl would come over to the home, he would just fill her up with shots and try to give her a shot and try and get her to drunk. It's like, bro, like, nigga, no, that's just, I don't like that. But that's just me. Maybe that's just my own childhood trauma speaking. But so we had a conversation about that and she was saying that she thinks she was like the girl at the time was saying like, yeah, but when when men do that, they just want to have. This actually goes into a good conversation. Let's have this conversation. Can can men be platonic? And that was another uh, point. One of the girls in the conversation we brought up, not can men be platonic, but how she's kind of she prefers to. Well, they both say this. They prefer to be friends with the man at first and then from there, see how things go. And then maybe you can develop into a relationship. To basically say, if I like a man, I'm friends with them first and then can, we can go into a relationship. Then we can see where it goes. And to be honest, and to a certain extent, 
when I reap. Because when she first said it to me, I started talking. She didn't say, that's fucking crazy. I'm never, I would never do that. But now that I'm here in my own home and I feel safer and feel comforted, comforted, I do feel that in a perfect world, I do think that's the way that it should be. I do feel like that's the way that it should be. That you should take your time meeting someone. If you're in a relationship with someone, if you decide to... I honestly do feel like if you decide to date someone, I do feel like it should take two or three months for you to decide, okay, maybe this person could even be my boyfriend. I do think at least that. And like I told her, because essentially when you're saying you want to be friends with the person first, what you're saying is you want to friend zone them. And I do think the issue with that in the grand scheme of things for most people, for most people who experience that, the grand issue, like I can tell you from my personal experience. The hard part about the friend zone from my personal experience, let me just be be specific, my personal experience, because my personal experience is not universal, the standard for every single man out there. The reason why I never like the friend zone is because when you're in the friend zone, you will see that girl get fucked, get taken out on dates and et cetera by 14 or 15 dudes while you're waiting two and three years for her to finally say, okay, maybe I'll give you a chance. Just being for real. Now, there are some women like this young lady who ain't who ain't she she's not fucking in hoeing for hope for recreational purposes. She's not doing that. So and I'm not saying it's wrong for any woman to go out there and choose your love life. Choose what you want to do. But as a guy who's been in that zone before, it does feel uncomfortable to just be like, well, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Like and no, no man wants to do that to be the backup dick when everything else fails. I'm just saying in the real. And that's and that's hard, too, because a lot of the time it's like. And, and when I was having this, when we were having this conversation, the term I kept bringing up was, yeah, that sounds good what you're saying, but in the real world. Yeah, that sounds dope what you're saying, but in the real world. And that's always a disconnect when you have these conversations is, is like what would be the ideal versus what's really going on right now in quote unquote the real world. Like when you go to smaller towns, like the town I live in, when you go to Jackson, when you go to Sonora, these are all really small little villages in California. When you go to like maybe small towns in Idaho or Montana or Wisconsin, because it's a smaller population, usually it's more religious. You can afford to say, okay, well we can be friends for a year or so. Hey, I can marry my best friend. Hey, I might marry somebody that I went to school with since elementary school. But a lot of the times when you go to bigger cities, that's not the reality. A lot of the time it's a little bit more, What's the word I can, what's the phrase I'll use? It's a little bit more wild, a little bit more euphoria-esque. If you've seen the show Euphoria, you know what I mean when I said it like that. So, you know, to give you a good example, I'll put it to you like this. In an ideal world, it would be great if kids didn't do drugs in school. In an ideal world, no kid should be doing drugs, snorting cocaine, doing pills, etc. Now, I can tell you since my black ass was a kid, kids have been doing that. When I was in middle school, kids were smoking weed. When I was in high school, kids was doing pills and doing pills, snoring cocaine. That just is what it is. And I'm pretty sure the little motherfuckers is doing it right now. It is not. Ch- Let me tell you something. They is not changed as of you. I don't care how many goddamn dare programs, how many meetings they have and give you red ribbons for not doing drugs. It, it, listen, the ribbons have not worked. Any of y'all from California, y'all know what I'm talking about. If everybody, anybody from California, you've had, you've had that thing where it was assembly at school and three middle-aged white people came with ribbons and set, with red ribbons and gave everybody ribbons and said, promise not to do drugs. I didn't, I didn't do drugs. A lot of y'all motherfuckers failed that promise and it is what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. You chose your path in life. Hey, it is what it is. But bouncing back to the relationship thing. So 
I, I it, it's a it's a it's a weird uh, it's a it's a weird thing when it comes to the friend zone thing because it's um it's a difference between you putting somebody in the friend zone because you're trying to figure them out and feel them out versus you putting them in there because you're not attracted to them but you like them you think they're a nice person but I have you in the and that's hard because everybody moves with that differently. You know, that was another conversation we had about like uh, love, like platonic love versus romantic love. Like I, 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 we can say that part of the conversation for something else, but um, it's interesting, man. I just think there's a big, and that, and that was another concept conversation we had to the misunderstanding that exists in between men and women, as far as like flirting or how to tell if a girl likes you, how to tell if a girl's feeling you, et cetera, et cetera. And we're none of us are professionals at this. None of us, none of us are professionals at knowing that a girl likes us or that a man likes us. We all make mistakes. Every man, and let me just have this conversation too. Every man, not every man, but I have been the guy that has tried to send a dozen text messages, had begged a girl, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and didn't know I was coming off as desperate and creepy in a moment. I've been that guy. I've also been that guy who a girl that sent me texts, asked me out, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that whole time I thought she was just trying to be friends with me, and I never understood how much she really liked me. Because it is what it is. Um, and that's another thing about the friend zone. Because I think when guys talk about the friend zone too, we always try to place the blame on women and say like how they're torturing us and making our life so hard because, you know, they friend zone good guys. Let's be clear about that shit. Guys friend zone girls too. Guys do friend zone girls too. Let We're not going to act like it's just a one. And I'm not, we do every guy out there Every guy, every woman, when I'm let me not say every guy, because that, that, that when I say this, I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I think there are a lot of men out there who can honestly I, I know I can't for sure can name at least 30 or 20 or 40 women that really might have liked you, really loved your white, black or Mexican ass and wanted to be in a relationship with you and liked you. But for whatever reason, the feeling wasn't mutual. You know why I never mind that person is because a lot of the time, every single one of those girls I can think of in my case had a guy behind them that was chasing them, that was shooting their fucking shot day after day after day after day. And for whatever reason, they the girl didn't take him seriously. You never took Kevin seriously. You never took Kyle seriously. You never, whatever reason, those are the guys, those are the guys that you put in the quote unquote nice guy category, which was another thing we brought up about the nice guy thing. And I talked about this two episodes ago. When women say a guy is a nice, I want women who are listening to me to understand this. Hear me clearly. Hear me clearly when I say this. When you say a man is a nice guy, when women say a guy, a woman, a guy is a nice guy. That's just a term. That's an umbrella term for like five or six different kind of types of guys. The first, like, for example, there's the night when a woman says, oh, he's a nice guy. There's a nice guy who she's just not attracted to, but she thinks he's a nice guy. He's cool. She just that's a way of that's a way of letting him know. I don't like you. You're a nice guy. That's there's that guy. Then there's the nice guy who's just really desperate. The the nice the, the desperate guy is usually the normal normal because a lot of the times the, the really desperate guy who just comes off as too clingy and that's a turn off to women. He's usually actually he's usually actually attractive, but he just comes off as clingy for whatever reason. It might be childhood trauma. It is what it is. Then there's a the nice guy who's a closet pedophile or a closet fucking rapist or something like that, but he pretends to be nice. Then there's the nice guy who he's not even necessarily nice. He's just very nerdy. 
very nerdy, very geeky, very, very nerdy and geeky. And he he usually means well. He usually means well, but you're just not attracted to him for whatever reason. He, he usually means well. And like I said, those are those a lot of terms. A lot of time when a woman says the time when says the term nice guy, I do feel she's just saying, you know, I'm just not feeling him like that. No, it is what it is. You know, I know Like I talked about I talked about this in the podcast two episodes ago. I know it is a big thing. I know it is a big thing for some women to say, uh, what's what I'm going to say? No, for some guys, because I see this is a big thing. The whole bad boy versus nice guy thing. Women want an alpha male. They want a he-man nigga who's six foot two, six foot three with bulging muscles and bulging triceps and et cetera, et cetera. And like I said on the podcast a few episodes ago, I said I expressed this last night. There are a lot of women who don't like that. Telling you, there are a lot of women who are intimidated by that. There are a lot of women who do feel uncomfortable with a man who's who comes off as too bossy or too strong or too aggressive. You know what I think? Why, honestly, and I I, I was really thinking about this the other day. And not all women think like this, but I think sometimes some women are. I have a very distinctive voice, right? I have a very distinctive voice. I'm going somewhere with this. Just stay with me. And I remember reading multiple studies. When I first started figuring out that my voice sounded kind of weird and people started teasing me about it in school and saying I sounded like a refrigerator, saying I sounded like Megatron, saying I sounded like, like, I, uh, I, I, it was a very interesting experience. But I remember when I first started doing research about this, this, um, this very, um, weird physical trait that I have like it, it It was I remember reading a study multiple studies that said that a lot of the time if you have a really deep voice women will think to be attracted to you for a short-term fling but not for a long-term thing because it triggers it triggers instinctual feelings of of, of infidelity of guess if you have a deep voice women are more prone to think that you are are will cheat or you'll you'll be an infant you'll you'll cheat on them or you won't be loyal you won't be loyal to them because i guess i guess they'll think that i guess somehow they just they think a deep voice attracts infidelity so i bring it up because to parallel having a deep voice to being the alpha male thing there are sometimes i wonder where if maybe some women aren't attracted to the alpha male thing because they look at it as like well this guy will be a fucking dick he's arrogant he'll probably cheat on me he'll probably leave me or etc etc it kind of goes into that whole like thing like in if any of you guys grew up watching the Lifetime channel on television, that's how old I am. Like you used to see a dozen movies where the girl will be attracted to the hot fucking, the uh, really really hot fucking lawyer somewhere. He's fucking a lawyer attorney at the at the at the biggest law firm in L.A. or in Fresno, some freaking where. I don't know why I said Fresno. I don't think I've ever seen a Lifetime movie where a movie was based in Fresno, but um, in Fresno, some damn where, but. They'll say there, but then she'll end up following in love for the slightly balding gardener or the slightly, slightly balding uh, clerk at at CVS who write it, who doesn't make as much money, but he's so sweet. He's so nice. He has a nice smile. If his hair wasn't receding the way it was, he actually be kind of cute. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think there are some women out there who, who are intimidated by that for that reason. Now, then there are some women who don't like the kind of alpha male thing because that guy can just probably come off as a fucking dick. And that is a thing, too, as well. You know, you know, it is what it is. It is something to be said about how. 
Yeah, I, I, I can tell you. I, most people I think who've met me will tell you I'm a nice person. But I have known. I I have had a lot of times where people told me that when they talk to me, I come off. Do you have a friend? Shout out to my homegirl, Emily. And round of applause her. She actually just got married um, last week. Round of applause to her. I love you. Shout out to Emily. Shout out to Emily. And um, <laughs> shout out to Emily. And... Um, Emily said, uh, shout out to Emily. We were talking about, we were talking, having a conversation about like, how do, how do you let somebody know that you like them? How do you let a woman know that you like them? And I was like, and I was like, I wonder, that's why I was like, well, I said, when I let a girl know that I like her, I'm nice. She said, no. She said, no, you're not. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? She said, I've seen you multiple times. When you, when you like a girl, you're mean to her. I was like, no. I was like, she's just like, she said, my real name is Joseph. She said, Joseph, I've seen you. When you're nice to a girl, when you try to flirt with a girl, you're mean to her. Like you just come off as really like arrogant and cocky. I'm like, really? I mean, I, I think I'm just like, I don't know, bro. Like I, just, I never thought about that. But then she, she's, she has been with me multiple times when I tried to, when I've been flirting. So I guess, you know, I can. I there have been a lot of girls who told me I do come off like that when I when I like that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be. I don't know, bro. I don't. I feel like I'm just being a nice guy, but, but I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. <sighs> we can have this can be a whole nother conversation about we can turn this into a whole conversation about how the cuter you are, the more arrogant you come off when you flirt. <laughs> like, like, like you, but, you know, it is what it is. But um, um, so just going from there, that was one part of the conversation. Now, the last part of the, you know, the 16, 17 hour debate we had was about unconditional love. About what is unconditional love? And should it be a given? Should it be reciprocated? And can love really die? That was a thing too as well. Um, And I feel like that's a part of the conversation. I'd have to have somebody who had that conversation with me here to, to explain because just to put it simply, um, there were a lot of great points from either side about what that is. Like, And I would just say for me, Love is an interesting thing, bro. Love is an interesting thing because I don't know. You know what I expressed when we were talking about as far as love goes? I have. There are two women in this world who I haven't seen in six to seven years, right? And I can tell you, well, one of them specifically, I ain't seen this in seven years. And I can tell you that till this day, that if she called me and was really sincere and told me that she wants to get together with me and she loved me, she wants to make things work. I want to be mature and say that I would and that I've moved on in life and I'm doing good and I'm making money now and I don't have to run back to her and I can be a man. But if she really did say that to me, bro, I don't know. I probably would run out to her, bro. Just because and I don't know if that's love. I don't know if that's attachment. I don't know if it's because I see something in her that I feel like maybe she didn't see in me. Like when I was a teenager, you know, sometimes I get on this podcast and I try to I try to tell you this all the time. I know sometimes I get on this podcast and I can kind of come off as cocky or arrogant or come off as this player when I say shit like this. 
understand that when I was a teenager, I was the lovey-dovey person. I mean, I was writing poems, cards, sending girls good morning messages. I love these, et cetera, et cetera, when I was when I was younger. And what kind of I'll say jaded me was because going through the phase where I would do all that for women and fall so deeply in love for women who didn't even feel even an inkling. I remember one girl I did all that for. She never even fucking gave me the love at all, but ended up fucking my little brother. And to this day, I always think about that. You know, I, you know, when I found out about it, it was, um, it was, uh, I was really mentally broken down because of that. Cause I'm like, here's this woman who for, Four and five years, I pined after, I pined after seeing Paul. To this day, that same girl who she knows who she is. If this podcast goes as faint, goes as viral as I think it's gonna go, she 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 has more than luxury. To, she has more willing her right to share all the poems and good morning messages. And I think you're the most beautiful thing in the world. She can have a right to show you and share all that dumbass corny. I'm talking about tuck everlasting scene were the romantic shot center that didn't work at all but she was sucking my little brother's dick in in the front of my daddy's house and you know and that shit hurt that girl i'll never forget man that girl was fucking everybody when i fuck everybody but me and and that shit with me i'm so fucking i was so moments like that that kind of really changed the way that i um that I looked at love and that I approached relationships. So I guess it jaded me. And I guess that's the experience that I'm speaking from. And let me just be clear. There are a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of grown men who do not share that same experience. There are a lot of grown men who, you know, found their, their true love at 21, 22 and life has been good ever since. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to act like, I'm not going to act like I'm not going to act like I'm like I'm the uh, like I'm the the I'm I I don't know I like I'm not gonna act like I'm the professional but I can just speak honestly from my perspective and that's what I think a lot of the times with podcasts with anything you do your job if you give telling your story is just speak thoroughly and as honest as possible because there's somebody who can relate to you there's somebody who can relate to your story there's also somebody who can say your story is bullshit because I'm I never went through any of that. And I think there's room for both those discussions. So anyway, this is that episode of the podcast. Thank you for the much love. Thank you. Shout, shout out to everybody who's a part of the family. Shout out to the people who made this, who motivated this episode of the podcast last night. I'm going to end this episode and go back to the gym for the third time today. Just because I'm, I'm weird like that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the family. Much love. <laughs>